Welcome to Life Church. We are an ex 242 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through His Word and by His Spirit. And uh, if we think about kind of Victorian times, everyone was obsessed with talking about death. It was like the trending thing to talk about. Yet no one would talk about sex, because sex was a taboo subject. And isn't it funny how things have changed, and we think about today's society, when it seems all we do is talk about sex, and we don't very much talk about death. And then I thought about it a little bit more. And I thought about what we watch on our TV screens and on our cinema screens. It's like everything we watch, violence is at the heart of almost every program. It's like violence is is pumped into our culture like a drug. Our kids are fed on violence being a norm. In fact, every superhero from kind of James Bond to James, um, sorry, from James Bond to Jason Bourne, wow, that was difficult to say. They have normalities, don't they, for killing. Over our popcorn, we watch men and women getting shot, drowning, exploding and being burnt alive crushed by cars, and even eaten by sharks. Do you know what was once looked at as an X-rated film has now been deemed suitable for minors? X-rated movies are now regraded on re-release as suitable for 15-year-olds. And it's not just our TVs, our children stalk around their computer games, don't they? Armed to the teeth with kind of killing fields. As they play as their avatars on shooting games. Hour after hour they spend on these games. A day of death, day in and day out. And then what about us? The pandemic, it brought death to our doorsteps, didn't it? In a very real and worrying way. And a lot of us have lost loved ones or know of families who have lost loved ones. I personally lost my dad and almost lost my mum to COVID. And I remember it was a very, very challenging time. Listen, church, my my intention is not to put us on a downer this morning. But it's to point out that the sixth commandment raises the question about how valuable and how unique human life is. How should we treat each other? How do we cope with difference and disagreement? 
the principles behind these four words, you shall not murder, bring about different considerations. Anger, for example, is a real issue in our world today. And many simply don't know how to handle it. One of the simplest yet most profound answers to our anger comes in Proverbs 9, 29, sorry, verse 11. And it says this, stupid people express their anger openly, but sensible people are patient and hold it back. I had a massively stupid moment when I was about 17 years old. You see, I was in a a youth group at a church where my dad was one of the leaders. He was what they call an elder back in the day. And one night I went to this youth group meeting and for whatever, I don't know the reason why, but the youth pastor started to, sorry, sniffing, sorry about that. He started to, oh, thanks, man. I don't use tissues, but I will. Brilliant. Thanks, mate. So I went to this youth meeting, and and the youth pastor, for some reason, decided that he'd wind me up. And he started talking to me and prodding me on my shoulder and saying things to the amusement of the rest of the group. But it started to really annoy me. Yeah? And, And he just kept doing it. I was like, man, have you got no filter? Like, you could see I was not finding this very comfortable. And there was about 25, 30 of us. And he came to me, and I was walking along, trying to get away from him, and he prodded me on the shoulder, and he whispered in my ear something about, if I was a Christian, I'd do something. And I just saw red. And instead of kind of taking myself off... I clenched my fist and I turned round and I smacked him as hard as I could and I knocked him out. Solid. Not my best moment, okay? If phones had been around then, it'd have been all over virally, you know, kind of kids' church leader knocks out youth pastor. It wasn't my best moment. I'm laughing, but it wasn't my best moment. And for him, it wasn't his best moment either. And yeah, there was lots of fallout. But anyway, to conclude that story, about 15 years ago, he, he came round to the house. I hadn't seen him for like 20 years. And he said God had really convicted his heart. And he said, what I did that, that night evening, he said, was way off. He said, it was so, he said, I don't know why I did it, but he said, I, I just, I shouldn't have done it. And I, I just... God's been speaking to me recently. This is like 20 years after it happened. And I was able to apologize to him as well. Although I have to say, I caught him right perfect, just on his chin. But no, I I did apologize to him. I did apologize to him. But what should I have done? Well, I should have made more of an effort to walk away. I shouldn't have let anger rise up in me. Instead, I, I acted impulsively. I think it's also important, though, that we do deal with anger. Delaying indefinitely, it just causes bitterness. And what's worse than anger 
is bitterness. Anger is not a sin, but bitterness is. So it's not just that we walk away from anger, but we have to deal with it. It's the root of the problem. Talking about roots of the problem, let's talk about the heart of the matter. And that is that life is valuable. Why? Because it comes from God. We were created by God in his own image. I love this scripture, or these two scriptures in Genesis. They talk about the value of human life being intrinsic. For it derives from God who made human beings in his own image. And consequently, the person who takes the life of another will be held accountable and punishable by God through his human representatives. You see, when we read the sixth commandment, you shall not murder, our thinking probably goes to violent murder, gun attacks, knife attacks. I don't think we can have this conversation as God's people, without mentioning issues such as abortion or euthanasia. Some of the most contentious and disputed issues of our day are not just matters of ethics and choice, but the very heart of the society in which we live. So we now enter into the means of whether it's right to take a life. And you may say, well, in some cases, Craig, there's health issues, there's, there's things to be taken into consideration. It's not just a matter of do we or don't we, should we or shouldn't we. And I don't think we've got time this morning to unpack all of this. But it doesn't mean we shouldn't start to consider some of these issues that are around us in our everyday. Take, for example, abortion. Medicine and science tells us that a child in the womb experiences consciousness and pain from the very start. The fetus is fully human. And since the legislation of abortion in 1967, listen to this, over 6 million pregnancies have been terminated in the UK. Despite the widespread availability of many kinds of contraception, abortion rates remain staggeringly high. As of the 31st of December 2018, there have been approximately 41.9 million abortions performed globally in the course of a few years. 41.9. In 2022, that same report, and these are the abortions that are known, okay? Not the abortions that are not known. That figure has grown to 73 million. To give that some context, the entire population of UK, Scotland and Wales at this current moment in 2023 is 67.3 million. 
yet the abortions are higher. Alarmingly higher, and according to the Royal College of Gynecologists, at least one-third of women living in the UK will have had an abortion by the time they reach the age of 45. One in three. Now, I'm well aware as I share this here this morning, there may be women here this morning who might have had an abortion. And I want to be really super clear that this is not me sitting in judgment. Many women are pressured into having abortions. A lot of cases, it causes crippling pain, guilt, and regret. And I don't believe for a second this morning that God wants to increase those feelings. In fact, I believe it's the opposite. I believe he wants to heal them. And if you've had a pregnancy terminated, I urge you to seek God's healing and to experience the living, forgiving, and loving God who wants to heal you. I understand the reasons for abortions are sometimes made on medical grounds with high fatality risks to the baby or to the mother. Yet we can't hide away from the fact that abortion presents itself with an easy solution. In most cases, and we need to resist that, church. Some medical students were attending a seminar on abortion where the lecturer presented them with a case study. The father of the family had syphilis and the mother tuberculosis. They had four children already. The first is blind. The second, unfortunately, died. The third was deaf and the fourth had tuberculosis. The mother is now pregnant with her fifth child and is willing to have an abortion. Question to the students was, what cause of action do you take? The students overwhelmingly voted to terminate the pregnancy. Congratulations, the lecturer responded. You've just murdered Beethoven. So whilst we're talking about some major topics, and I knew this was going to be a tough preach when I started out, we're going to talk about euthanasia. The literal meaning of the word euthanasia is dying well. But the term has become something more intentional within medical the sectors to mean termination of a person's life. And it's important to distinguish between euthanasia from other practices. The first is that allowing patients suffering from fatal diseases to die in peace without being subject to pain or painful treatments that cannot restore their health. Okay? That's one area that is probably and morally acceptable. The second is the use of pain-killing drugs to control severe pain and the risk of shortening life. I remember when my dad, I got called to the hospital to see my dad, I was told 
he had COVID and he wasn't going to make it through the night. And I sat with my dad and it was a weird experience. It was, he was kind of resting and um, my dad loved music actually. Um, he used to teach music and uh, he was the love of his life. And uh, while he was in bed, and at the time that he was crossing over to be in heaven, his arm started waving. And the doctor came to me and said, we need to give your dad some pain control because he's obviously suffering. He wasn't suffering. He was leading a choir of angels. He was conducting. He used to do it at home. We used to have worship nights and he just loved to conduct he'd be there with his arms and I recognized the movements being the same and I was able to say to the doctor he's not in pain he's just welcoming him, his lord so powerful so good it's one of the fondest memories that I'll have of my dad passing not that that's ever fond but just to see him transitioning from one place to another from earth into glory you know and to see him doing it, conducting, I was like, oh my word, this is, this is amazing. Powerful stuff. So there are times, though, when I could understand drugs being given to someone who's in pain and who is dying and where their life is obviously short. And I understand the reasons for that. But we have to be careful that we know what the methods are, especially when it comes to medical issues. You see, in theory, euthanasia sounds harmless. The terminal ill deciding voluntarily that enough is enough and at the time of their choosing are given drugs that will cause a speedy and painless death. Supporters of euthanasia are careful to avoid phrases that might suggest that doctors kill a patient. As with abortion, the language of choice and rights and freedom are widely used. There are, however, many problems with euthanasia. You see, medical science, as much as it's wonderful, it's not always exact, and it's not always precise. Many of us will have known people who have recovered from terminal illnesses or have been healed by God, having had a terminal illness. But whether we're talking about abortion or euthanasia, both of these issues raise questions about life itself. You see, abortion and euthanasia allow us to become judges of what is a valid life and what isn't. The view that all life is valuable is unpopular in our society today. Yet, church it's one that we have to uphold all of life is to be be directed by the love of God we to seek the greatest and most possible of goodness when we'd see a person's life. We're to see the best of people and the well-being of people. You see, love, and this is what we're talking about this morning, church, 
love considers the consequences of our thinking and our motives and our actions. You see, Jesus shows us that, he shows us what love looks like. In the face, particularly in the face of suffering. And whether that's from unplanned pregnancies to impending and painful death, he calls us to live as he lived. I love this scripture in Corinthians. And it's a very well-known scripture. But it jumped out at me as I was preparing the word for today. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. Probably adding it's not angry either. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. And listen, love bears all things. It believes all things, it hopes all things, and it endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. See, church, when we look at this sixth commandment, it's not just about taking a life how you would think it. It's about standing up for the value of life in today's society. It's about being set apart. It's about having a voice that speaks to those that haven't got a voice. It's about loving on those that have to make decisions that they probably don't fully understand. And for those people who make decisions that they then regret, it's about us as a church getting alongside those people who've made those decisions. And guess what? It's about how we love on them. It's not about standing in judgment. It's not about thinking, well, they shouldn't have done this or they should have done that. Listen, church, we're not to judge. We're not the judges. We're the lovers. So let our hearts, when we think of these things, when we struggle with society's rules and values and we come up against it, yes, let us stand up for the truth. But let us be a church that loves. It's hard, right? It's tough. Especially when society says, hey, this is okay. And we know it's not. See, I believe, church, that in the coming years, the world is going to come to our doorstep. It's going to knock on our church doors. And it's going to call us certain things. It's going to say we're old-fashioned. It's going to say our thinking's corrupt. It's going to say that we're not in tune with modern life. It's going to say we're the dinosaurs, that actually we're not important. See, society's going to challenge us 
on the core of our thinking. And it's going to search our hearts. And it's going to say, what do you stand for? And it's really important that we don't shrivel up and back away and fade and not have a voice. We need to stand for the truth, church. But we need to do it in a loving way. But we need to stand for the truth. Let's pray. Father God, I want to thank you for this morning. I want to thank you for the truth that you bring to each of our lives. Lord, I pray you'll help us when it comes to looking at the scriptures and the commandments and knowing how that they relate to today's society. I pray that you'll help us with issues such as abortion and euthanasia. As Christians, what do we feel about war, Lord? Killing people in war is the last resort to anything we'd like to do. But how do we deal with that as Christians? Lord, there's so many trials and tests in this world. And we just pray, Father God, for your wisdom, for your discernment, for your courage, but most of all, for your love. Show us how to love, Father God, when society calls us out. Show us how to love when this town of Warrington calls us out. Show us how to love when those in our church family call us out. Help us, Lord, to be a people of courage and of love. In your mighty name. Amen. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarrington.com.